Hello, and welcome to the Storyteller's Mission with Zena Dallo, a podcast for artists and storytellers about changing the world for the better through story. Today is New Year's Eve, and I can hardly believe that my podcasts have lined up with such important holidays this year. I actually think it's kind of cool because it gives me a chance to talk about some things that are very important to me, which is why I made December a month of aha moments so that I could talk about some of the big things I've learned at various points in my life. So today is my final aha moment. And what I want to talk about today is the importance of ritual and tradition. Now, this is not a concept that I came up with on my own. This aha moment was brought to you by the great Tony Campolo. Years ago, I had the privilege of hearing Tony speak at a youth conference dedicated to pastors. Now, the purpose of that conference was actually to help pastors find new creative and innovative techniques to radically impact their students' lives. So the speakers there were dynamic and energetic and passionate, and they had a lot of flashing lights and smoke and mind-blowing presentations. It was truly a sight to behold. And then Tony Campolo, an old man at that point, shuffled out onto the stage. And his topic, his topic was ritual and tradition. Tony acknowledged the irony of his topic, given the purpose of the conference, but he encouraged the pastors to listen and then to consider developing rituals and traditions based on what he had to share. So Tony started by arguing that rituals and traditions have actually had a far greater impact on our lives than we may have realized. For example, he said that as a father, he had developed a bedtime ritual with his children. So each night they would brush their teeth, they would hop into bed, read a story, say their prayers, and then as a final cherry on top, they would exchange a little familiar phrase with each other, a declaration of love that each child knew by heart. And it was a ritual and it happened every single night regardless of what may have transpired throughout the day, no matter what bad things might have happened, the ritual would be observed without fail that night. Now, Tony was lucky enough to have the power of the ritual hit him. He realized that no matter what horrible things that his kids might have had to endure that day, no matter how painful it had been for his children, no matter what sort of rejection they may have faced or what bad grades they may have gotten on a test, no matter what had happened, the ritual was a way to make the world right again. It was a way to make the kids feel safe and protected. It was a way to give them hope for a better tomorrow. And this idea hit me. For some reason, it really was powerful to me and I considered it and it occurred to me that he was right because I began to contemplate the rituals and traditions that I observed and I asked myself, how are they affecting me? How do they affect me? One of the rituals that I often kept was 
with my nieces and nephews. I didn't have children of my own, but every time I would say goodbye to my nieces and nephews, I would say, parting is such sweet sorrow that I shall say goodnight till it be morrow. But there was this one time where apparently I had forgotten to say it. And so as I was leaving, my little niece, who was about seven at the time, said in her sweet little seven-year-old voice, Aunt Zena, Aunt Zena, parting is such sweet sorrow that I shall say goodnight till it be morrow. And it brought tears to my eyes, believe it or not, because I hadn't even realized how important that tradition was for her. I hadn't realized the impact it had on her. For me, it was just a fun little game, but it was a way for me to reassure her of my love and my constancy. And I realized in that moment that it meant something to her as well. And I realized I had a lot of traditions like this with my nieces and nephews that I hadn't even given thought to. For example, I had some nieces that I had a game where we would play rough love. And every time they would come over, I would grab them and shake them and say, rough love for the nieces, rough love for the nieces. And I found out later that they associated that tradition specifically with me. Nobody else got to play that with them. It was just me. So it was a special bonding thing that developed between us because of that particular ritual. But that's not the only tradition or ritual. I remembered when I was little and every season, every holiday season, my mom would decorate the house. And I remember following her around the house as she would pull out all the boxes for Christmas and we would get everything out and we would look at it and it was exciting. Already I would start getting so excited for Christmas just because we were decorating the house. It was a tradition. It was a ritual. And I remember deciding that I wanted to start collecting decorations for each season so that when I had kids someday and I decorated, they could experience that same excitement. And so I did. From that day forward, I started collecting decorations. Every year I would acquire a few more. And the whole purpose of it was in my mind, when I had kids someday, that would be a meaningful and exciting thing for us to do. And it would help the world be right again as each new season approached. I realized that I even have traditions or rituals with my dog. Every night, my dog and I have a game we play. And every day, we have certain rituals that we go through. Even the feeding each morning is a ritual. And then I have treats that I'll hide at some point during the day. And then we go outside and feed the feral cats. And that's part of our daily rituals. And what I've realized is even with my dog, it makes the world right again. There is something so powerful about ritual and tradition that it even manifests to other creatures like my dog. I also realized that I had daily rituals that I had implemented. For example, the first thing I do every morning is make my bed. It's the very first thing I do because when I make my bed, I feel like I've accomplished something. It puts order 
into my day. It helps structure the day. It helps me to frame the day through order rather than chaos, which an unmade bed represents to me. So that's a ritual that I observe. Every night before I go to bed, I write in my journal and then I read my book. And the combination of those two things Again, it frames my day. No matter what happened during that day, no matter how I may have gotten off track, if I observe that ritual, it puts me in a right frame of mind to be able to implement order for the next day. It's what allows my world to have structure. Interestingly, part of the reason that this is relevant is because we are now upon the new year, right? Here we are. We're at that time of year where... We're setting goals for next year, which means that we are trying to build concrete and specific habits or rituals that we can reasonably incorporate in our daily life. And here's the thing about that. When you do this, when you set goals for the new year, you can't set nebulous goals. You actually have to be specific and concrete. You can't say things like, this year I want to finish my book, or this year I'm going to complete that screenplay that I've been meaning to write. That is too nebulous. It is not clear enough. You need to be specific and actually build it into the day. This year I want to finish my book, and in order to do that, I'm going to write for this amount of time every morning at this particular time of day. So you actually say, I'm going to do 30 minutes of writing every day, or I'm going to write for an hour every day, or I'm going to write for 15 minutes every day, whatever the case may be. Or maybe you're going to write two pages every day. I don't know, but you set a specific concrete goal that is objective that can be measured. And that's how you go about trying to complete the goal that you've set. But see the point here is that when you're setting goals for the new year, you're actually observing or trying to build in new rituals or traditions. You're trying to create habits. And what are habits if not rituals? Because rituals are actually an incredibly powerful thing that God has given us to help us experience deeper levels of meaning and order in our lives. It's through rituals and habits and traditions that our lives take on new meaning. Isn't that ironic? You would think it would be old fashioned, but actually it's a gift. It's a gift. How many of us have used the first day of the week to start over from something that we wanted to do, but we failed the week before. Say we're on a diet and we failed on Thursday. Oh, well, and what we do is, well, I won't start this weekend. There's no sense doing that. But on Monday, first thing Monday, I'm going to do that again. It's a way to start over. Or the first of the month, if we're coming up on the end of the month, well, you know, I kind of failed on this or I got off track here, but you know what? The first of the month is coming up and by God, I will re-implement this plan then. Or even tomorrow, you know what? Today I kind of got off track, but hey, tomorrow's a new day. We naturally do this. We look at the calendar and we incorporate it into our plans. We somehow try to capitalize on its momentum 
But when you think about it, the calendar itself is just some arbitrary tool that we came up with to try to reflect what God has already built into the universe, what God has already infused into the fabric of our existence, which are these cycles, these cycles that repeat, which brings me back to Tony Campolo. Because Tony Campolo went on to say that he believed that this was precisely what God had in mind when he created things like the 24-hour day. Tony pointed out that scientists really don't know why we need to sleep. We don't know why we need to sleep. Our minds are just as active when we go to bed at night as when we're awake. And yet, if we don't sleep, we die. So why on earth did God create us so that we would need to sleep? Well, what if he did it specifically for this reason? What if sleep, as Tony proposed, was God's gift to mankind? A built-in daily reprieve, a built-in daily ritual to right our worlds, to make us feel safe again, to keep our hope alive. No matter what horrible things may have happened that day, no matter how down or defeated or depressed we might be, no matter how badly we may have failed, when we go to bed that night, we can rest. God has given us the gift of rest, and we can surrender all of that pain for that day, all of the turmoil gone, if only for that eight-hour moment. And yet the act itself is a whisper of hope. This day is done. Tomorrow is new. Tomorrow will be better. And the same principle holds for the 365 days that make up a calendar year. Tony argued that God himself had created the world to cycle through each season only to come full circle so that we could have a chance to start again, a time to start fresh. No matter what has happened in the previous year before, no matter how much pain or suffering we've experienced or we've had to endure, the new year is God's gift to us, a cleansing of the past, a built-in whisper of hope, this year is done. Tomorrow is a new year. This year will be better. I can think of no better time for us to experience and truly observe the ritual of the new year. It's been a tough year for so many people. I can't imagine what you personally have been through. I have no idea, but I know this. This year is done. Tomorrow is a new year. This year will be better. You have been listening to the Storyteller's Mission with Zena Delva. May the ritual of the new year bring you peace, safety, and hope through stories.